You're listening. No. You're listening to the Buns.com Podcast Network. (laughs) (laughs) Buns, buns, buns. Welcome to the Pixels and Ink Podcast, episode 274, brought to you by CG Magazine. I'm your host, Lisa Muir, and today we are joined by Phil Brown. Yay! Brendan Fry. Hello, hello, hello. And the illustrious Brendan Quinn. Ooh, illustrious. That makes me sound fancy. <laughs> yeah. I thought I'd give you that. Just yeah. got to separate the Brendan somehow. Yeah. So how are you guys doing today? Good. I'm excited to be here in person again this week so that the cat doesn't breathe into the microphone and you guys think I'm getting gross. Uh, <laughs> I think it added kind of a <laughs> sexy charm that we were lacking. <laughs> I was wondering what that was. Yeah. I was starting to wonder about you, Phil. So. Oh, well, you guys can't see know. cat in quotations. But. <laughs> well, I remember it confused you guys because it was I was talking and the breathing was going on yes. underneath it, so no one could figure out where it was from. I put that together afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> I just I figured someone had a cold. Or no, the cat was just laying right next to the computer, and I was. Being well, I knew you yeah. were working, obviously. <laughs> well, yeah, right? he was That's trying what to they be, do. Yeah, he was trying to be friendly. It just screwed it up for everyone else. You should have brought the cat in person. I think it's a much needed charm that really brought something to the podcast. Well, maybe next time. All right. Well, in the meantime, while we're waiting for that, let's talk about some news. So there's been more going on since the fallout with uh, EA and their microtransactions uh, in um, Battlefront 2. So uh, a bunch of different places have uh, put forth um, all sorts of different... uh, Pro, uh, trying trying to get governments involved now with uh, these calling it microtransactions and loot boxes system uh, a form of gambling that is meant to entice children into spending money. So right now the uh, Belgian Justice Minister Cohen Gens, Gens, I believe. I can't say. I believe mm. that's how you pronounce it. I hope it is. Uh, is trying to is pushing uh, Belgium to prohibit in-game purchases in video games. Um, earlier last this week. Last I week? think it was yeah, it was yeah. early this week. Early I this think week. it was early yeah. this week. Uh, Jerome Duran uh, was uh, wrote a who is a senator who's on the French Senate, I believe. Senate. Belgian. No, 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 no. Duran's French. Yeah, so he was a, a senator there who wrote a letter to uh, French President Macron uh, to take action against loot box gaming in video mm-hmm. games, as his constituents has been bringing that to his attention. And Hawaiian State Representative Chris Lee announced Hawaii's action to address predatory practices in gaming companies. Uh, mm-hmm. Specifically, a he actually called out EA specifically. Yeah, uh, Drain yeah. mentioned Battlefront 2 in, yeah. um, in his letter to the French mm-hmm. organization Argel. So, yeah. Yeah, so apparently this is a big enough deal that governments want to start getting involved. Um, Not surprising, actually. Yeah. So what do you guys think about that? Oh, uh, I'm, I'm writing an article about this currently. I'm just waiting for some comments, but right now it's a American Thanksgiving for everyone <laughs> in North America. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, there's less people available for comment. But it's kind of the question of where does gambling begin and gaming end? Mm-hmm. And uh, a lot of these, it's kind of reminiscent of the um, scare of violence that the 90s and 2000s were filled with. with yeah. Every parent saying, why do these games have violence in them? They should never have violence in them. It's funny that you say that because um, I, I've watched uh, Chris, uh, 
State Representative Chris Lee's um, press conference a few times. And the way this press conference ran was pretty interesting. They had uh, he spoke, uh, another representative spoke, but then they had a church representative of uh, not un- uh, not the United Church. Um, I think it was. Um, just the the Church of God or something like that. That Church uh, of yeah, God. Church yeah. of, no, it was it was it was a Christian sect um, church who was speaking about the corruption of youth, kind of re- very reminiscent of the time uh, when uh, family values mm-hmm. kind of surrounded uh, the hate against violence in video games and how that would corrupt children. They even have a had a parent come in and speak. Of course they did. Yes. And they had a gamer come in and speak about like his experiences with it as well. Mm-hmm. So it was really interesting how they're framing this. They mm-hmm. are very much framing this as a family values issue mm-hmm. as opposed to like uh, a, any other like a, a serious gambling issue right, right. that needed regulation. So So it was the the church lady who I'm just picturing the Reverend's wife from The Simpsons, won't somebody please think of the children? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, was she for or against like government? Oh, she was very much for. She want okay. They, it, it, was, it was just a mother. It wasn't even. She wasn't even related. To, so there was a the um, what was he uh, a reverend oh, okay. of some sort um, or church of some church leader, and he was very much uh, in support of the government regulating this. The mother was obviously very much in favor of this, thinking of her children and going online. and Well, her, her precious, precious children. Mm. Yeah, and, and asking her to buy things in-game because Star Wars was on it, and they love Star Wars, and why can't they play Darth Vader? And then the gamer actually brought up his six-month-old daughter. Um, I'm really bad remembering names, but I can remember facts like that. Um, so he brought up his six-month-old daughter, and he's starting to look at it through a parent's eyes, like how he wants his daughter seeing video games and things like that. Mm. So it was very, very family values-based in their arguments. Mm. That's funny that I find myself agreeing sort of for the most part with these people because normally you know, I would yeah. have a firm stance in yeah. the other camp, um, especially when it comes to video games, but... Yeah, I mean, something's got to be done. But as Brennan and I were talking about earlier, um, we think it should be done within the gaming yep. community, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. kind of our own regulatory board or body of experts. Um, because even like today when we, we were calling um, a lawyer to get his commentary, and they, they're so far removed from it, they don't true, really yeah. know uh, mm-hmm. what the problem is or anything. Like, they're so far removed from the culture, it's, it's nothing to them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So why not have people inside taking care of it i agree it's it's something i mean we have we already have like the esrb and we have uh peggy well the uh the europe has peggy Mm -hmm. and um like these and peggy actually as we discovered does consider gambling in game gambling um a form of something that would raise the rating yeah yeah. so it Mm -hmm. would not be something for children to be playing which is good but i mean I don't see, I don't have kids, um, but I have lots of like, young cousins and stuff, and uh, very rarely, unless it's a notorious game like uh, Grand Theft Auto, mm-hmm. like they're not looking at the ratings. No. I mean, mm-hmm. I've, I've never seen a parent really go, oh, that's a T-rated game, and you're 11, so you can't play it. Mm-hmm. That's true. Yeah, but mm-hmm. then that's that's an issue of parenting. That that the government should not be controlling that part. No, that's, true. Yeah, I just you know? mean how much power they, they have is, is questionable, you know, that's or impact. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, something obviously should be done about it, whether or not it's like a family values approach. Mm -hmm. I I don't know if that's necessarily the one that's going to catch on. 
But uh, um, it's the one that's going to cast the broadest net. I mean, the idea yeah. of view, the idea of viewing it as gambling is smart. I hadn't yeah. thought of that before, and yeah. I think that's a really good way of going at it. Um, particularly, yeah, the way that it targets children. I just don't know if church groups should be leading the. No, I don't think so. Either. No, yeah. but that's you, you know what these are the groups and these these are the the. Um, the cast of characters that are usually mm. brought up for these kind of arguments yeah, whenever yeah. you're trying to build a va- va- family values case yeah, you've got yeah. to involve, involve some sort of Christian church yeah, you've yeah. got to involve mm. a parent yeah, and we've yeah. got to involve a turned member of the community that you're tar- that you're working to suppose to support mm-hmm. in that sense so it, it makes like in that particular sense it followed this narrative that has been built against any yeah, media yeah. form that has had some sort of like upheaval against it to begin with mm-hmm. um yeah so uh you were actually talking when you were speaking brendan with the uh, lawyer today mm-hmm. you were talking about the mentality of gaming you were trying to because again you were saying even though he is a lawyer that handles uh gambling issues yeah he handles uh, ga- uh ontario uh, <coughs> ontario based gambling and gaming based lawsuits and uh, setups yeah <laughs> and though you had to explain to him how this could be gambling you want to kind of go into that because that was really well because he like when they most people think of microtransactions and games they think of the little things like you buy extra lives Mm -hmm. you buy Mm -hmm. like the in-game currency or whatever but the concept that there is something that you can put money into and maybe not get back the enough value so the way gambling is viewed in canada is you're putting money in to try to get a monetary or uh, a real Something tangible. Yeah, tangible back. Yeah. But that's when he kind of draws the question, are digital goods tangible? Mm-hmm. And that draws the question of, should you consider if you get a special skin that you could then sell to someone else as a virtual good? Because that's a big issue right now, yeah. too, right? Is you There's no way to, once the money is spent, to sell those goods and get real money back. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. You can only get, yeah, like Steam credits or whatever uh, EA uses. Exactly. So that's kind of the weird question. So... It's weirdly might be gambling, but also might not be gambling. Mm-hmm. And even after talking on the phone, he wasn't sure. He didn't know. He didn't know if it was gambling or not gambling. And that's the thing. Like even yeah, the experts on gambling and gaming, in a sense of yeah. like casinos and yeah, yeah. betting and so on and so forth, um, they don't play video games. No, they're not they don't. hanging out on the internet on Reddit no. looking at EA AMAs and can't stuff imagine like they that. would be. So, no, yeah. Um, Either we bring them in and educate them, or we give that kind of power to people who already know what they're. And that's the biggest about. problem. Right yeah, now. yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think I don't think anyone really knows: is this considered gambling? Is this not considered gambling? Should we consider it gambling? Mm-hmm. And where does the where do those lines get drawn? Like, where do you say this is too far or mm-hmm. this is not far enough? And I don't think anyone really has thought that through yet. Like you're saying, like if you really want to take it in broad strokes, even Diablo, yeah, and yeah. Borderlands, all those anything, kind of anything, games, any like, loot based game. Yeah. If the law is written weirdly, you can have it so we wouldn't be able to yeah, get that because you're putting, you're getting a, a new um, uh, expansion. You might not get, and you have to earn your way to get the character or the yeah. release yeah, exactly. you want. Or in, in the case of uh, Diablo, as you were yeah. saying, like uh, the the um, the sets for the character sets. Yeah, like the uh, when you go into. Uh, Kanai's cube yeah. and you're trying to roll for a new set mm-hmm. piece. Yeah, could like that... even that could be if it's written. In a certain specific way, that could even be considered gam- in-game yeah. gambling. And that's the problem. If you have people that don't know these games or know how this, they kind of work, you could end up with more problems than you started mm-hmm. with. And that's why I'm, I'm kind of skeptical on seeing people that don't work in the industry 
regulated the yeah. industry. Oh, I mean, I agree with the with that. Just in concept with anything, yeah. I mean, you don't take, um, you know, people who are experts on horses and put them into like F one racing. No. Like, okay, yeah. you guys control this now. It's similar. You get yeah. the right idea, mm-hmm. and yeah, yeah. And you really have to know what you're doing to actually make an industry work in that. Yeah. yeah. Otherwise, I mean, yeah, you're gonna get a lot of uh, really mad people on the internet. Exactly. Crazy concepts. Yeah, mm-hmm. I know. Believe it or not, there are a couple opinionated individuals no. out there. Really? No. Yeah, I know. It's it's <gasps> shocking, guys. Not everybody on the internet's nice or friendly. Oh, I thought they all were. Anyway, well, speaking of uh, regulations and government controls, um, the tr- uh, the uh, co- net neutrality is coming up in the news again yeah. um, and becoming uh, another scary reality where the uh, American government is looking to revisit it and get get rid of it because, again, our usual suspects of Comcast and, and, and crew are not happy with the way it's going. Do you want to kind of go into that? Well, basically, it's um, the new head of the FCC. Uh, I think it's R.G. Pai. I think that's how you say his name, but don't quote me on it because I've never heard it said. I've only read it. So. <laughs> uh, but he's known for his giant Reese's mug that everyone thinks. So this is so hilarious. Oh, that guy. Yeah, that guy. Yeah. The Reese's guy. Um, so <coughs> he's kind of, he's a big fan of free market, government shouldn't control things. Yeah. And, you know, there's some justification for that in some fields. The problem is the internet has quickly become a utility. It mm-hmm. is very much a utility. People view it as a utility. So if you start treating it as just another one of those things you can sell, you then have a problem where people now rely on the internet. They rely on having oh, absolutely. access to mm-hmm. yeah. many it's jobs require the internet. Yeah. Fundamental to have internet access in 2017. Exactly, mm-hmm. especially, in, especially yeah. in North America. Yeah. Mm. So if you then start saying, oh, wait, your internet prices are crazy. We have to make it higher because... You're using BitTorrent, and that's not allowed, but mm-hmm. numerous games use BitTorrent. Like, uh, I believe the Blizzard launcher uses a BitTorrent-based thing to kind of seed the uh, game around. Oh, that's cool. I didn't know that. Um, yeah. And there's lo- mm. numerous other game launchers that do. That way, it's the people that already have the game are sharing it with other people with the game. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It doesn't mean that their servers don't get crushed every time someone downloads the game. Mm-hmm. But also... That's smart. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a good idea. But the problem is, if, if Comic is like, no, no BitTorrent traffic, those launchers then no mm-hmm. longer work. And then you have um, the problem that certain video chats, like, oh, Comcast, like, no, we only want our video chat to work on this service. Like, only Skype can work on this thing. So if you use another video service, it might not work. Yeah. So there's a lot of... Well, then you're just, again, you'd be buying just, uh, like, cable packages. Exactly. Yeah, and there's been that, the photos going around in uh, Portugal and their new system because they don't have net neutrality anymore. And their the, the current system is now you there's you pay a fee for the internet every month and then they're like a cable package like you get like Netflix an, and this yeah. and that for another five yeah else. and it's and it's divided by service so it's like an extra five bucks if you want social media an extra five bucks if you mm-hmm. want any video sites an extra five bucks yeah. if you want any streaming music sites and that's just a horrible horrible road to go oh down. it is and you know that uh, cable companies are frothing at the mouth looking at this because yeah, of yeah, everything yeah. they've lost over the past say decade or so yeah uh, because of that and they're looking for another predatory way to to make money mm-hmm. by I mean, controlling content. I mean, the thing is, Netflix used to fight against this. Yeah. But now they're big enough they can just pay the fee to make sure they're included in every package. Well, that's mm-hmm. and for the, the Comcast thing you brought up. They were, Netflix was refusing, I can't remember the exact circumstances, um, refusing to like broker a deal with Comcast in one way or the other. And Comcast customers throttled Netflix. No, or no. Their, well, their customers yeah. had it throttled. Like Netflix feeds plummeted. And then Netflix put it on. And then, thing. yeah. So if you having any kind of slowdown, it's like, 
yeah, you should phone Comcast. This is probably their fault. Mm-hmm. Yeah, directly. Yeah. And yeah, that's a, it's a gross uh, look into what I think is kind of an inevitability at this point. So, I mean, I understand wanting to make sure that the market is open and free. I can get that. Mm-hmm. Problem is when I don't really want everything open and free. Certain times, utilities have to be monitored. And also, it's not open and free when you have two or three companies yeah, exactly. that control it's all of it. Uh, it's mm-hmm. Absolutely. Like, it's not not everybody has the reach and the infrastructure that, like, a Rogers or a Bell does. Exactly, and giving yeah. them all the power under the guise of free market capitalism is, is nonsense. Exactly. It doesn't make sense. No, mm-hmm. I mean, if you had 30 players in the field... Absolutely. Then, then there'd be competition. Yeah, go they'd for be it. fighting. But, no, not a chance. No. And the States does not have... Like, even here, we have the choice of about five companies. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, we have Bell, Rogers... Telus, Vir- Virgin, then you have like Tech Savvy and Primus. Yeah. Even though they're borrowing Rogers lines, our legislation exists so they they yeah. can. Yeah. They, they, they are required to be able to do that. Um, so that's the problem if you have in the States where you only have two people vying for your money. Mm-hmm. And they we have one that cuts off your social media and one that cuts off your video service. What do you, what, what do, you do? Mm. And that's, that's not, it's kind of a bleak future, but uh, everybody's gonna look back on those like two years when like Netflix was new and yeah. cable companies and everybody had fun and <laughs> freedom and the golden age. <laughs> but yeah, it, it it could be bad, but it's still early days. So we'll see how it mm-hmm. all comes out. But if you do live in the states and don't want this, please write your congressman or senator. Yeah, there is a huge push for that on yeah. uh, various like uh, websites and forums right now. So yeah. definitely check that out. Make your voices heard. Exactly. What can we do in Canada though? Nothing. Yay! Mm-hmm. So American listeners, please, mm-hmm. please make this not a reality. Mm-hmm. Let's be fair, it's up to you. Currently, it is only an issue in America, it's, right? Yeah, it like, would not affect us. Yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, yeah. it could It'll, be a precedent. Like, well, the states did it. We should just yeah. do it Which too. Well, yeah, that's the thing. Don't yeah. say anything. Let's not say that. Anything, yeah. anytime something affects the states, it will eventually affect yeah, them. The thing yeah. is, it will affect... What will happen is companies will try to find places that they can function without that problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's what will happen. Yeah, Yeah. it's just the Bell and Rogers already have so much. There, power, there are Canadian yeah. cable companies for anyone listening that's not from Canada. <laughs> uh, they already have so much power, and like we pay... Outrageous, outrageous fees yeah. relative to anywhere else in the world. If net neutrality, I think for even seven, even in the states, it's cheaper than internet up here. Oh yeah, yeah. no, it's it's outrageous oh, for sure. Yeah, it's outrageous. So like knowing how they're already taking advantage oh, yeah. of us there, we're oh, especially the the Bell thing uh, yeah. blew up recently. That their uh, call centers and uh, were like being forced to uh, sell people packages they didn't need. Um, they're supposed to upsell. People who are canceling services for dead relatives. Oh yeah. Um, for older people to like oversell them internet packages I mean, they don't yeah. need. Yeah, I'm sure we've all experienced that when you phone like I want this done. Oh, yeah. oh sure. you need this new service. Yeah. Yeah. It is extremely oh, difficult to cancel with any of them. My mom's like, oh, I need this change. I, I can't. I just, and a while back, it. it's so creepy. I also had like an instance uh, a couple weeks ago where I just started using an iPhone, and I was noticing. Um, just in the initial week when it was set, when I was yeah. like settling in and was getting used to all the projects, it was using up a lot of data when mm-hmm. it was like a, a, doing the initial runs to the program. And I uh, was it was texting with my girlfriend, being like, "Boy, this data is spiking. I may need to up my data." And literally five minutes later, I got a text from Rogers saying, "Are you Whoa. thinking of updating your data?" <laughs> and I was like, "Whoa, <laughs> I don't care for this one bit." So if they're doing stuff like that already, I don't, if Andrew yeah. Crowley well, goes, I know that'd be horrifying. A few cl- cases a few years ago where Bell was throttling customers yeah. uh, mm-hmm. on the internet, and like a number of studies were dying, and like it wasn't going as fast as it was promised yeah. in the campaign, and they had a lot of uh, um, 
they got a lot of a uh, kickback from that. Yeah, I can imagine as so. well. So like, this is it's yeah not no not fun. So in other game news, uh, an unfortunate situation happened this week. Uh, Gazillion Entertainment completely laid off their staff. Well, that is there's no official statement from the studio as of recording. But uh, there have been basically everyone that worked on anything in the games. They they, they did the Marvel Heroes series, which is that Diablo-like free-to-play game that was right. all Marvel characters for mm-hmm. consoles. I think it was free-to-play yeah, on consoles and PC. Yeah. And it, there was going to be closing down December 31st, I want to say. But weird reports happened this week that an internal document was saying that it would be shutting down Today or the twenty fourth of November, Black Friday. Oh boy! And as of I think it was earlier this week, employees were told just not to come back in, and the studio is shutting down, oh. and that all um, uh, severance pay would be mm. not not issued. That's unfortunate. Was there any lead up to this? Because it felt like it came out of nowhere. Well, they announced that they were shutting, shutting the, the game, game down, yeah, and then that. even that got bumped up, and then yeah, all the. Uh, some employees are posting on Twitter and stuff like, yeah, we're basically, screwed. Yeah, basically, like, the holidays are here. We have no money saved. Yeah. Can anyone help us out? Because they're not going to find a new job before the end of the holidays. No. And they're basically out of work now. They One of them has, like, a dying dog, too, yeah. that they need money for. Aww. So, man. So, I mean, like, our hearts go out to everyone that might be affected by this. Yeah, that's Hopefully, that someone comes out and says something because as of right now, no one has said anything. Like Disney's been quiet about it. Yeah, and Gazillion has just been like, yeah, what? what Pretty bad, uh, bad PR for them. Oh. I mean, if Gazillion's actually shutting down, they've just run out of money. I can understand that something had. Yeah, but but somebody should have said important. something. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I mean, like... if Disney just kind of cut the funding and just like, yeah, don't know what you're talking about. And Gazillion had a contract, and someone didn't fulfill the contract. There's, there's something's going to happen with this. Mm. this is, are there this any is com- messy. are there any employees who are contradicting this information? No. Nope. So, uh, wow. But, but the studio itself has not said anything. Mm-hmm. So as of right now, like the head of like design, like there's lots of big names at the studio have been saying, "Yeah, I'm out out of work now. I don't know what I'm going to do for the holidays." And yeah, thanks, Gazillion. Crazy. So messy. That's really messy. Yeah, bummer. Oh, crazy. Well, for everyone that might be affected, I hope you find a job soon. I know there was uh, already um, people at different companies and different developers uh, trying to snatch up some of the best and brightest of talent. So hopefully you find someone. Hopefully uh, these people are not out of work for the entire holidays and that they will have a good Christmas. So. Mm-hmm. 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 Let's talk about fun stuff. Let's talk about movie news. Okay, great. Yay. All right, fun stuff. Fun I'll, stuff. So I'll skip. Please the, be fun stuff. I'll, I was just going to say, I'll <laughs> skip this one story I had at the top. <laughs> Move um, that. Move yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, okay, so first up, this is kind of a weird uh, story this week. So the like end of year movie award stuff have started to slowly roll out. And yeah. uh, the first one that came up was. Uh, the Independent Spirit Awards and Get Out got a bunch of awards and nominations for that, which is very exciting. That's awesome. Love Get Out and, mm-hmm. you know, horror movies rarely get recognized. Um, so that was really cool. It's a bit odd because Universal Studios put out Get Out, even mm-hmm. though it's an independent production. But I'm just going to let that go. But then on top of that, uh, the Golden Globes said that they're deciding to classify Get Out as a comedy. Yeah. Really? For the category, which... 
uh, is offensive. Yeah. And, <laughs> and um, like Get Out is a funny movie, and it is satirical. I can see where they're coming but from. But it's not like haha funny. Well, it's yeah. Like, ha, ha, yeah, exactly. It's really not the, the attitude that's read. So uh, Jordan Peele, the writer director, immediately tweeted out, "Get Out's actually a documentary," and then has gone mm-hmm. on a campaign saying that uh, this is actually very insulting because I made a film about a very truthful, horrific part of the black experience, and now you're belittling it by making it a comedy. Um, so we have just a very bizarre controversy. I mean, it's like the Golden Globes does this every year because they have their drama and comedy yeah. categories, and they always come up with, like, The Martian yeah, was, was a comedy, so yeah. they could qualify. Oh, The Martian, yeah. I remember that was yeah. a big joke for one year. Everyone was like, the, Mar- the, the comedy, The Martian. <laughs> exactly, yeah. And now this year it'll be Get Out because right. I'm sure not only will it be now, it'll probably win as well, and that's going to be very odd. Um, but uh, anyway, I'm, I'm glad it's doing well. I yeah, wish yeah. they didn't make that. That was just the Golden Globes are idiotic. But anyway, that's fun news, right? Okay, that's fun news. Now yeah. you can get, get, <laughs> okay, get to the typical Hollywood yeah, news. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We that, know we want to talk about it. Yeah, yeah, which is in the, in the continuing uh, nonstop round of uh, sexual assault allegations um, going on in Hollywood now. Uh, the most recent name to come out was uh, John Lasseter, the head of Pixar, yeah. who um, went on a six-month sabbatical this week. A bunch of couple stories came out about him being uh, gross. Very, yeah, very, like, lots of inappropriate hugging and touching and kissing of female employees to the point where people said, what was it? There, I think people referred to, like, it got to the point where people realized if he was going in close, all the women realized they had to turn their face, otherwise they get kissed on the cheek, and they, yeah. call, it, they call it the Lassiter. Oh. No. Yeah. When it finally gets a name, <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, yeah. attributed to it. You it's... know, it's really bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's, it's really sad. Now, admittedly, like, his behavior is just very creepy and inappropriate, not, you know, outright, you know, spacey at, at, levels. Yeah, yeah, of... outright predatory. And yeah, yeah but, but the fact that he's, you know, running a company that makes specializes yeah. in children's films makes it not great. No. So, yeah, it was really, that was a sad one. That was tough. Because um, he's, um, yeah, because not only does he run Pixar, he runs all the Disney animation films yeah. now, too. So he's kind of like their head of command at mm-hmm. Disney Animation um, in every way. So a pretty it's pretty rough. Position, yeah, so. yeah, yeah. So it's like, pretty rough. Um, and yeah, the his yeah the response is that he's taking a six month leave of absence to. I guess think about things, yeah. which I'm not sure yeah. how. You that think really... about what you <laughs> yeah. did. Yeah. Yeah. So he's taking a timeout. Is yeah, what's yeah, happening? Exactly. Yeah, he's getting... sitting in the corner. Exactly, he's getting a timeout. So, yeah, that was depressing. I'm hoping this stops soon. Yeah, but I'm starting to think it won't. No, it just seems to be like steamrolling. Wait till the music yeah. industry kicks off, like to the yeah, level. Yeah, I know, right? Um, I, I don't think. The, like if the music industry gets started, I don't think it's ever going to stop. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's basically everyone. There's no one left. There's, there's no. like one guy. Yeah, but um, yeah. So that's rough. Um, and and also I didn't. Uh, it also felt very like. Well, obviously I'm glad this story came out and so forth. It felt very like oddly, t- opportunistically timed that the story came out literally like two days before the new Pixar movie was released. Mm-hmm. Which like it that just felt like it I don't know it just it just felt like it was deliberately trying to grab for publicity yeah. Probably, and yeah. and hurt uh, the Disney Corporation, um, which like I'm not saying is not deserved that in that they've been like overlooking this for so mm-hmm. long, but um, yeah it just it odd very odd timing like obviously this is, they've known this for a while yeah yeah they clearly just waited until a new movie came out 
um, which means I get to do this story and then in approximately five to ten minutes talk about the new Pixar movie. <laughs> <laughs> is it a Pixar movie which, or is it? Which is great. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I wasn't sure if it was a Pixar <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So I guess, I guess, yeah, my complaint here is just, it's purely for me. I don't appreciate this Hollywood reporter who made my job really hard this week. <laughs> yeah. uh, that's not cool. One bit. Um, all right, next up. Uh, yeah, this is fun. So remember last week when we were talking about uh, Murder on the Orient Express? Yeah, yeah. Yes. And I was talking about how like, oh, they so blatantly set up a sequel and I hope they don't do it. Guess what? Well, good news, they're doing it. Yeah. Oh! <laughs> yeah, they're starting to work on uh, Death on the, on the Nile right now, um, <laughs> which they set the title of at the end of the last movie. Um, do they say, there's a death on the Nile? They literally do. He gets off the train and the guy's like, you got, we got to get you back on that train. We just found out there's a death on the Nile. And I was like, oh, God. And, it worked. They, so we are job. getting that Agatha Christie cinematic universe. They, we've they are wanted. indeed. They do realize the movie, like the stories weren't supposed to be taking place literally the next day after each other. Yeah. They, like he just goes on vacations a lot and happens to be in places there's murders. No, it not isn't, anymore. It isn't just like, get on the back. You just dro- drove this train. No. Now get back on that train the other way around. No, no, no. Now that inspector is just having a rough month. And they're all going to happen one on top of the other. There's that's, nothing we that's can do That's not how Agatha Christie functioned at all. Not anymore. Not anymore. He's got a bigger mustache, and all the stories took place in the same timeline. <laughs> <laughs> Literally the same works. week. This, this is, is how it works now. A busy week. Is how it works. And then, that's uh, super dumb. I know. I know. It's sad. And then a little bit of positive news. I really enjoyed this, which is that uh, uh, Terry Gilliam, um, guy who did animation for Ronnie yeah. Python, director of Brazil, Fear in Love, Las Vegas, he finally finished, uh, just finished shooting uh, his latest movie, The Man Who Killed Don Quixote, and is going into editing. And this is a big deal because um, like, there's a lot, you hear a lot about filmmakers spending like a decade or so yeah. trying yeah. to get a project made. This is one of those for Terry Gilliam, but it's actually far worse than that in that there's a great documentary that I urge everyone to watch called Lost in La Mancha, mm-hmm. where he was about to make this movie. Um, Johnny Depp was going to star in it. Mm-hmm. They had all the money, and then. Uh, everything that could go wrong went wrong. Like, there were multiple sandstorms that destroyed multiple sets. What? Uh, oh. The g- actor who he'd hired to play Don Quixote uh, sh- uh, badly injured his back flying over and couldn't sit on a horse, and about 80% of his role was on a horse. Yeah. That's <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and kind of important. Absolutely. And I'm just scratching the surface. And uh, so the documentary was uh, the crew they had filming the behind-the-scenes DVD documentary, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and they ended up with the only movie out of it because they had to abandon it after a month. because they just had lost so much money, there was no way they could possibly make up for it. And so uh, it's it's a it's a really fascinating watch, um, especially if you like Terry Gilliam. And so that happened, and then he uh, was going to do it again with uh, Heath Ledger. And... Uh, well, we know. Yeah. Yeah. happened there, yeah. And then, uh, uh, and then I think... Either two or three times since then, he's had it set up and money's so it's just doomed. It's a doomed project. Absolutely, yeah. So I think I think it's up to like it's not just like a dream project that he couldn't get financed. It's up to like he had it ready to go, and was actually shooting once. But he has had it to the point where we're supposed to have gone like four or five times now. So. The good news is he's shot it. It happened. Okay, so so to give up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. to give up. So like, yeah, like I suppose it's possible that like. All the hard drives with all the footage could be destroyed in one like <laughs> horrible, horrible accident. Next week on CGM's <laughs> yeah, podcast. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like, I suppose it's possible that could happen, <laughs> but it seems highly unlikely. Yeah, I'm just, I'm just thrilled that he's finally able to do this because, like, I, I, I'm not, I, I have no connection to Terry Gilliam beyond enjoying his work, but I've felt bad for the guy. That's yeah. for quite some time. Yeah, I'm, I'm absolutely. He did some good movies. Glad he's finally managed to pull this up. <laughs> now, I hope it's good. And, 
And if it's not, that would be a shame. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, stay tuned for next year's CTM podcast. Yeah, exactly. goes and sees the movie. <laughs> but yeah, that's so. Yeah, yeah. That's cool. That's cool. cool. Movie news. Yeah. Hey, movie news. Well, this is a good time to take a break. We can hear from our sponsors, and uh, yeah, we'll be right back. The Pixels and Ink podcast is brought to you by Buns, your city network. Buns connects you to the people in your neighborhood to help you find the things you need to fuel your real life. Swap things you already have to get items you need. You can also find jobs that pay the bills, homes for rent, advice, and a place to talk about your city. Buns is available online at buns.com and on your phones via the Apple App Store and Google Play Store. Man, I wish I could get new comics every month, but I'm broke and oddly always $5 short. Lame. Wait, five bucks short, you say? Well, I've got something special for you. What the hell was that? It's me, the discount ghost of coupons past. Are you scared? What the f- Use the code CGMEG in all caps, all one word, to get $5 off your next Comic Bento subscription. So wait, if I use the code CGMEG, all in caps, all one word, I get $5 off my next Comic Bento? Yes, use the code CGMEG in all caps, all one word, and get $5 off your next Comic Bento. A whole $5, eh? Now that's scary. And we're back. Uh, Thank you again to our sponsors. So I'm a little bummed out by all the news we just heard. <laughs> so let's move on to some great movies that you saw. Phil, you saw something awesome. Yay, I did. I saw something I really enjoyed. I saw Coco. It's a Pixar movie. Whoopsie. Uh, but we'll move on from that very quickly. Yes. Um, yes. I'll talk about them in positive light because uh, they are. So they, they still no, make great movies. Phil, I have to say mm-hmm. that I was looking at the images. I wasn't sure if this was a Pixar movie or a Disney animation movie. Yeah, Just yeah. the way the characters look. Gotcha. Yeah, it is a different uh, design for yeah. Uh, Pixar. Yeah, it's... Um, so it's it's rooted in the Day of the Dead. Mm-hmm. Um, the Mexican holiday, yeah, yeah. obviously. Um, and uh, yeah, they that's actually one of the best things about it is it has a very, very unique aesthetic to it rooted in that style. I'm just happy to see Pixar branching off from just Absolutely. having yeah. everyone look like weird cartoon characters. Yeah, totally. And it's nice that th- there's not a sequel as yeah. well. They've been kind of dragged down by that. It is, I mean, it definitely does follow the Pixar formula. It's about a child outsider who learns to believe in himself and appreciate his family. So that's not super new in the Pixar world. But, <laughs> no. but, beyond, but beyond that, yeah, it's, uh, so yeah, that kid is... Um, uh, let me just get his name up here so I get it correct. Was Miguel? it Miguel? Miguel, I believe. I know, but it's just it's a generic Spanish name that I don't want to get wrong and be accused of being racist. Uh, it is Miguel. Yay! <laughs> you didn't want to say this a standard Spanish We both, Spanish. We yeah, both yeah. just, uh, uh, at the time in this recording, Brent, Quinn and I both just kind of went through it. So we, we expressed oh, okay. our minds. Good, 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 yeah. good. Yeah, yeah. I just didn't, yeah. Okay. So, um, so yeah, Miguel. Uh, yeah, he's uh, like an 11-year-old boy who... Um, is obsessed with music. He's particularly obsessed with this old mariachi uh, singer. Um, and uh, but unfortunately, his family, are, who are all shoemakers, hate music. They have for generations due to a great great grandmother whose uh, husband left the family to become a musician, never returned. But Miguel's determined, and in particular during the Day of the Dead, when his family wants to all hang out and and uh, you know do family activities. Because what the day is that is about is you know, getting together with your family and remembering old relatives, putting mm-hmm. all the pictures up on the mantle, them celebrating, going to their graves, celebrating their lives. Um, so he, uh, he he wants to, there's also a music competition that day. He wants to do that. And then through a bunch of wacky circumstances, he ends up crossing over to the land of the dead, mm-hmm. um, which has, yeah, it's a really fun combination of sort of the very bright neon-based Day of the Dead aesthetic with like kind of a... Tim Burton kind of Beetle, 
Juice Afterlife uh, mm-hmm. style to it as well. Mm-hmm. And um, hands up over there, hoping to find the singer who's a hero. He hooks up with a bumbling skeleton sidekick. Um, they've sort of added to the mythology in that if uh, you're in the land of the dead, if you you can continue to live in the land of the dead as long as your family remembers you. As soon as anyone in your family doesn't remember you anymore, you go to a second death of which there is no afterlife. That's when you actually disappear. So Hector um, has only one remaining living family member. She's starting to forget him. So he wants to get over, and they cut a deal, and blah, blah, blah. So it is, like, on a storytelling level, uh, like a basic plot level, a standard Pixar story, but mm-hmm. it's the world that makes it so special, and the Day of the Dead world is it's some of it's some of the best visuals that I think the company's ever done, which mm-hmm. is saying a lot. Um, and uh, the music's great, the performances are really fun, and it's also just it's nice to see them embracing a different culture and treating it very respectfully and interestingly. Oh, well, it's smashed records down in Mexico. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's been so I mean, it's proof in the pudding there that you can make a movie not directed totally for white people and mm. still have it be financially. Successful. Absolutely, yeah, and it's good as well that it's specifically doing well in Mexico because yeah. you, you know, that's if they don't they like it, wrong, then, yeah, yeah, yeah. Kinda, yeah. <laughs> then you know that something was going wrong. But uh, yeah, I um, yeah, and it's you know as with our Pixar movies, very fun and a goofy adventure, and then at a certain point, uh, punches you in the stomach and you cry obsessively in, in a really ugly, unpleasant way. Like the did heaving you, did you sobs, kind of. Of course, I did. I always, good. Yeah, I always do with them, except for the car movie, Cars movies. Those movies. I just cry because <laughs> they keep making yeah, them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cry because you keep having to go to those, them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those don't do it for me. But other than that, um, and yeah, I just thought, um, yeah, it's it. Like we're setting off the top. It's nice to see Pixar's at their best when they're sort of applying their philosophies and approach and style and formula to new material and stories that they haven't uh, done dealt with before. This one is very different, very special, and I think it's yeah, I think it's just a really, really wonderful, delightful movie, and I. Highly recommend it for anyone that enjoys the Pixar stuff. It's not like The Good Dinosaur, where it kind of <laughs> feels like a Pixar movie. It uh, it really gets the formula damn right. I and, forgot uh, The Good Dinosaur existed. Yeah, I think they. I think Pixar would like that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, they, it's just wonderful time. The, oh, the only thing that was disappointing about it uh, that I didn't mention in the review is that for the first time ever, uh, there isn't actually a Pixar short before the movie. Is oh. The oh really? Is. There's instead a, uh, a a Frozen Christmas short. I don't want to. Oh, okay. Yeah, with Olaf going to discover whatever how everyone celebrates Christmas, so he can celebrate it with the super princesses, and uh, it's not good. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's and not surprising. Yeah, it was a shame. Now that being said, I'm sure the fact that they can say "Come see Coco" with a frozen Christmas will yeah. put plenty of butts oh, yeah. in seats. Oh, yeah. So I yeah. see why they did it. That was a bummer. Yeah. I was looking forward to the Pixar shorts. They're normally delightful. They yeah. are usually they yeah. are usually fun and whimsical. Not this time. That's a shame. Nice try. But the kitties will like that. Yeah, I guess cartoons are for kids. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. like oh, Phil, no. <laughs> Don't you dare worry about that. <laughs> yeah, well, cool. I mean, mm. it looks beautiful it from is. what I've seen. And I, I actually can't wait to go see it. Yeah, so. yeah. I mean, yeah, the only issues I had with it was where, uh, apart from the good dinosaur, it was one of the few times when I've been like acutely aware of the Pixar formula. Mm-hmm. Oh um, yeah. Yeah, even Inside Out I felt did enough that it wasn't until after I was like that was like all of them. But uh yeah. But it's a formula that works for them. Oh totally. I mean and honestly that's like you said that's kind of where they're they're at their best, Well right? for sure. And it's also a formula that like basically all children's movies oh, have. Exactly. So oh exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's not <laughs> yeah, I can't just blame them, but Let's... uh yeah, but anyway. But anyway. It's great. Neat. Cool. Yeah. All right. Uh so uh 
How about games, guys? What games mm. have you guys been playing? I played Skyrim VR this last week. Ooh, and how mm-hmm. was it? Um, I have mixed feelings. I think it was really cool, and it definitely shows the potential of VR for games outside of, like, tech demos or, like, narrative-driven mm. adventure novel-type mm. games. Mm. Um, is it, just really quickly, is it a port? A direct port of Skyrim, or it's its own original game. Oh no, it's a direct port okay, of Skyrim. Yeah, yeah. Um, which uh, you you know, when you think about it that way, it's amazing that they managed to cram that big of a game and still make it feel fresh and new, considering it's seen fifty eight different releases yeah. Yeah. since and, it came out. And did it work okay in first person? Because it wasn't <clears throat> initially designed that way, from what I recall. Oh well, yeah, no, 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 always, always all Elder Scrolls games are first person. Yeah. yeah, um, which you know brings all of that baggage with it. So yeah, like yeah. the Elder Scrolls games are kind of famous for really clunky melee combat, mm-hmm. and yeah, yeah. Uh, unfortunately, it still feels that way. It's it's neat to like see your hands swinging axes, of course, um, yeah. but there's so little feedback. Um, and the controls are very imprecise, mm. <clears throat> especially like uh, so. The bow and arrow was really, really cool, but it's really, really hard to fire accurately. Right, and you'll find your arms kind of bending in very bizarre positions trying to map to the screen. Um, the major issue for me though was uh, Skyrim's a game like any RPGs where you spend a lot of time in menus, uh, yeah. changing <laughs> items, equipping right. things, switching back and <laughs> forth, yada yada yada. Yeah, yeah. Um, which just to put it bluntly, it sucks using yeah. the move controllers for that. Mm. Um, the first time I played it, I didn't make it through the tutorial before I put it down, and I couldn't. Like, I was so frustrated just trying to get things set up that mm. I, I had to stop. There's not a lot of... How how do you even use the move Basically, you, you, you hold the trigger and you flick it like you would flick a page mm-hmm. to, like, go up and down oh, through the menus, and then you flick right to select. And mm-hmm. obviously, as you can imagine, you're almost there, and you're about to go to the right selection, and then it drops five more, and all of a sudden, you're in, like, the menu settings instead of your inventory. Yeah. Um, having said that, though, it is it's pretty neat. Um Being in that world with, like, a 360-degree yeah. perspective mm-hmm. and seeing it all, like, it's... Mm-hmm. It's ugly. They really had to tune down a lot of the graphics, but you get used to that in, like, a second. Yeah. Um, it was just uh, the controls have a long way to go. And I did for the first time. Um, I hear a lot of people whine about motion sickness in VR, and it never really affected me. Um, it still didn't affect me in this, but I got, like, really dizzy and some vertigo at some points. Where okay, <laughs> so for this one, are, how does the moving actually work? Like, are you teleporting You have two options. You, you can, yeah, you can, um, so, like, a reticle comes up that aims at different areas on the ground, and yeah. you hit a button, and you instantly teleport there. Yeah. Or That's you can really use um, direct movement, where you just hold down the same button, and your character moves forward at a certain speed. So which one did you find a lot? I more? liked, um, so the first one is useful for certain situations in the game, but it's really immersion breaking. Like yeah. you don't actually feel, you feel like you're just like skipping scene to scene. Okay. okay. Um, the second one you're actually moving, but that's when the, like the dizziness yeah. and vertigo really hit me because like your body thinks you're actually walking, but yeah, you're but not. You're, yeah. So I like stumbled back into the chair a few times. <laughs> Definitely my preferred way to play though, uh, mm. was that way. And you look side to side, uh, using one of the buttons on the move controllers. I think it's like a 30 degree jump. So, like, you spin in a circle if you need to aim. Because otherwise, as again happened to me, you get tangled up in the cords. Yeah. (laughs) Right. Because you keep turning around to see beside you, and then before you know it, everything's crashing down. Yeah, yeah. And uh, the magic was probably the best way. Like, you really feel like a a mage or a Sith when you're, like, shooting lightning. No doubt. But I had it happen again where one of my hands, like, when I was firing, floated away. 
across the screen <laughs> while it was still firing. It's my favorite thing about any VR game. Yeah. Is that part where your hand just sort of flips. So it's yeah. got that Bethesda janky, buggy charm to it, and it's really neat that they managed to pull it off as well as they did, but it's still got a long way to go from yeah. a control perspective, yeah. I my, feel. My, my big question was it would be like... Um, game like Skyrim where you're going to be plugging dozens of hours into that mm-hmm. is it like does it get is it too much to play a VR game I like, could like I, I would I was only playing for like you know under an hour each time yeah yeah kind that's of what thing. I was wondering um, yeah. kind of a combination of A like you're standing yeah, for yeah, an yeah. hour right. which yeah, yeah, yeah. let's be honest I play <laughs> video games I like to sit down yeah um, and also yeah like the headset eventually weighs down it's great in short bursts yeah, but it's, yeah. it's not something like you know, Vanilla Skyrim, where you could sit and all of a sudden you've been playing for 12 hours. Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. How long is the game, actually? Like, is it the full game? Yeah. As far as I know, it's a full game. Like, obviously, yeah. I mean, I didn't get to do everything in the game in the yeah. few days I had it. But as far as I know, it's it's Skyrim in VR. Like, wow. Everything else seemed the yeah. same to me. Oh, man. Yeah. Which, again, like that's where, like, the, the menus and the quest thing comes in when you're when you really get into the game and you want to swap quickly between mm. items mm-hmm. and spells and you know, you know, uh, in conversation with NPCs, when that part isn't fun to do, it becomes very frustrating. I can imagine so. It sounds, mm-hmm. it sounds like a really um, inclusive kind of balance. Like the the actual things that work really seem to work and the things that don't yeah, and really like seem I, the, to not. The novelty mm-hmm. of and seeing the potential for, like this is the first time I played a VR like full video game. Yeah. You know, it didn't mm-hmm. feel like just a little tech demo. Mm. Um, you could be oh, like, oh my god, I'm actually in this world. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's cool. It shows the potential really well, but obviously, I mean, it's still early stages uh, for VR, and there's a lot to work on, but mm-hmm. I definitely think it's a step in the right direction. Awesome. Yeah. Cool. cool. Guys, guess what I played this week? Come on. Animal, Animal Crossing? Crossing? Uh-huh. Yeah, Animal Crossing. And So it officially launched on Wednesday in North America, and... Um, uh, you know what? It, it went pretty smoothly. There's, uh, I've noticed right away that uh, there was a lot of lag in loading and mm-hmm. a lot of crashes, a lot of crashes, like a lot of crashes. <laughs> um, Nintendo seems to be aware of the situation. They're working as best as they can. I guess they weren't expecting well, as... Well, I guess D- D- uh, DNA that did this one. I don't think it's actually Nintendo. Well, I don't it. know, man. It's, it's come from... I know, but I don't think actually Nintendo made it. It's coming off the Nintendo servers. I know. No, so it's not. I think it actually runs off the DNA servers. Okay, well, it's running off the DNA servers. I stand corrected. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, um, they're offering like in-game currency for, right. you know, as a makeup kind of thing. Okay. Um, but uh, at this point, I, I've been playing it for a better month. Mm-hmm. A better month, I'd say. I pretty much finished the game. Wild. So uh, it's pretty like I mean it's it's. Honestly, worth it. I'm still yeah. playing. It's a month later. I'm how, still playing. How the do you, game. would you compare it to a regular Animal Crossing? Okay, title? so here's where it differs. So in original, I have not played an original Animal Crossing. Okay. All right. So I'm just gonna tell you that right That's now. That's totally fair. But um, apparently, in the original Animal Crossing, everyone has a distinct character. Mm-hmm. This one doesn't. You okay. have like a complete grouping of characters. So they're all they're either a sporty character or a natural character or a cool character or a cute character, and. Um, they all have the same kind of uh, canned dialogue that each p- distinct character goes through. Mm-hmm. But then there's these subsects of characters. So say you're like a natural sporty character. Yeah. So you go through all the sporty dialogue and the natural dialogue. So it, it's this repetition that mm-hmm. kind of comes on and goes on. And then they uh, on and on and you see it. So there's mm-hmm. no distinct like personality between mm-hmm. all of the characters. Mm-hmm. Um, 
gameplay wise it's still repetitive you're still mm. going to collect fish or fruit mm-hmm. um you still have to wait for the fish and fruit to kind of recycle as yeah, you yeah. come in um there's rare items to get they are pretty not as rare as one would expect because you can collect quite a few of these rare things mm. um you can expand your uh camper and one really uncomfortable thing about that is when you go to expand your camper they don't tell you how you how much it is to expand it until after the fact and they tell you you're in hawk essentially <laughs> so you now owe them like i'm at a point where i because uh, i always live beyond my means mm. i am now in hawk for about a hundred thousand uh bells uh, that's not uh, which good. is the currency but oh no wonder you finished it so quickly yeah <laughs> <laughs> No, uh, the, but that's not the in-game currency. I haven't, okay. I've, I've barely used any of the in-game currency. Hmm. Just because you can basically do everything without mm. having to pay. You could. I yeah. mean, it, it makes things go faster. I'm yeah. sure when there's other crafting things that are coming about yeah. uh, from after the uh, first month or so of launch, I'm sure they're going to keep updating yeah, of course, more yeah. things. Um, but, like, I haven't used it much. Like, I I've, I've mm. haven't dipped down, like, at all in it. Hmm. Because you get it pretty frequently, yeah. like playing the game. Like this is the opposite of EA, <laughs> yeah, yeah, basically. Yeah. Like you can do everything and get everything by just playing the game as is. Yeah, which I almost wonder if they did deliberately in light of. I mean, I obviously there's no way they didn't. It can, not, in, not to this EA controversy, but to the general controversy about I microtransactions think, and. Yeah, I I don't know what model they were working off, but it, mm. it's very attractive. Mm. Like, it's a free to play game. Mm. That doesn't run off the typical free-to-play model. Yeah. Um, and it's like it's it's addictive still. Like I mean, cool. I'm still playing it. So nice. You should pick it up. We can be friends. You uh, said you wouldn't be my friend like two podcasts ago. I'd be your friend in real life. Add to the collection of the office. <laughs> the rest of us are playing. Okay. Anyway, okay. And that is all I have to say about Animal Crossing. Won't say it again. And Phil, you wanted to say one more thing. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Which, yeah, La Noir, which I've been uh, playing a lot uh, the, over the last week. Uh, yeah, I just wanted to say during the <laughs> when I reviewed it last week, Jordan asked if uh, you uh, like automatically unlocked all the missions, mm-hmm. and I was confused, and I thought he meant like the street missions mm-hmm. and the costumes. And you don't. You have to play it in the same order. I assume. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is it like you can go to like the Dahlia mode is right away? I know, right? And it was honestly like it, like it was maybe five minutes after the podcast, and I was like, oh, that was stupid. <laughs> so anyway, I just want to clarify that, just in oh, case yeah. anyone listened and was like, oh, amazing. It doesn't work that no, way. No. But uh, the DLC stuff does fold in, so like it's not like you have to complete the game and then nice. get that stuff after. That plays through the nerve. Anyway, I've just been really enjoying it again. I forgot how, what a like incredible uh, work of storytelling it is and it makes me sad that there's nothing else like it because yeah. I love watching shifty eyed uh, motion capture actors and trying to determine if they're lying or that not. was pretty neat that was a neat yeah. feature it's, I, I'm kind of thinking of this since uh, you talked about it last week but do you think that this relaunch and kind of reinvigoration mm-hmm. of the title is going to for a, a sequel. I mean, like, it do does think? seem like a big coincidence, doesn't it? Yeah. That they're doing it on this broad well, scale. Yeah. Okay, it could be a big coincidence, but it's also, remember, with the Switch launch, so many games are being re-released on Switch. For sure, but not are, so many six, portable. but not six-year-old games. That's pretty, that's you know what I mean? Well, also I, there's, on, there's a lot. Like, I mean, uh, we but just it's also up, releasing on PS4 and Xbox One at the same uh, time. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's so. what I find. It. They, like, obviously, they're bringing out Doom and stuff like that, but those are more like contemporary. Like, th- this is a previous generation game, yeah. and admittedly, like they did fix some bugs and stuff in it. 
but now no i think it's a but testing the waters i i really do feel that way and um and hey if they're listening i just want to know that you got like i was gonna say you got one copy sold right here but let's be honest i'll get a review copy won't give you any money (laughs) but you'll get one guy very enthusiastic about it right here so you'll you'll get a very positive review from it apparently if it works Uh uh-huh yeah i wouldn't yeah i wouldn't be surprised yeah. yeah. Well, that'd be great because um, I really enjoy that genre. Yeah. Me and too. I think I might pick it up for Switch. You should. It, wor- it works really Switch. well. It's it's so fun to do portably. Yeah. Um, but and it's also yeah. It just um, yeah. It just remind me how unique it was and mm-hmm. like it. You know the so as much as I love the Red Dead Redemption series and I truly do. Yeah. It is ultimately just. Grand Theft Auto with with cowboys. Yeah, yeah. Whatever. That's what I I would rather. I play that over Grand Theft Auto any day of the week. Oh yeah, I'm no. Super excited for the. Oh um, yeah, same here. Yeah. It's no. It was my favorite game. Like to be clear, that was my favorite game of the PS3, mm. yeah. Xbox 360 oh, era, and like even the like PS2 Red Dead Redemption. Sorry, Final Fantasy. But yes, I play. Absolutely. I still play over and over again. No, no, no. like it, I don't mean that as a slight on Red Dead Redemption. I just mean like Alienware. It feels different from even other Rockstar games. It really like does, it is yeah. something truly unique, and I'd forgotten just how how well it held up because I'd also forgotten playing it again. And I promise I won't take much longer. Um, is that that um, it? It really it, there that it, it's been odd to me that in the PS4 era there's been even less of the like sort of cinematic storytelling yeah. type video games that there were in the PS in the last generation mm-hmm. of games. Because I feel like mm-hmm. the new technology would allow for even more immersion and okay. even more possibilities. But it's just we've kind of lost that um, a little bit. And, yeah, playing L.A. Noir again just reminded me how many more games we had like that in the last generation. Made me hope that we'll get more like that. I'm going to kind of argue that point. I didn't. I don't think it's completely lost. I just think it's lost on a lot of, like, uh, big North American publishing Oh, titles. for sure. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, like, the, we're still getting, like, huge cinematic titles from Square Enix and Man- oh. Bandai Namco oh, for and sure. Koei Tecmo. Oh, for sure. I'm not saying it's totally gone. It's just, like, that was a dominant form it, it was, in the yeah. previous generation. And I didn't even realize that it was gone until I'd sort of gone back and played some, and, and played this game and realized that at the time... Because I guess part of it is that playing L.A. Noir now, I'm finding I'm appreciating it more. Because mm-hmm. at the time, it was sort of felt like a lot of other games just with this like interview mechanic in it. Yeah. Versus now, like I don't, I'm not playing a lot of games that are like this anymore. Exactly. It so just it's, made me, it just made me miss it. That's well, it, it's the one that's kind of stayed the longest of that. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. So yeah. I, I hope that it aged the best. Totally. Yeah. So I, I hope we get back to that a little more. And I like I don't think we will. It seems like everything's going to be either open world or online shoot 'em ups. Mm-hmm. But yeah, you know, it'd be nice. It would be nice. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. Well, on that note, guys, I think it's time that uh, we wrap up because Brendan has, uh, well, Phil and I went off on our little tangent. Brendan's been trying to wrap this up for oh, a yeah. good long time, but yeah. for you, Brendan. <laughs> we're ready to wrap this up so <laughs> listeners thank you so much for listening and if you like what you hear or you want to know more about the things we've talked about please visit us at cgmagonline.com and you can like and subscribe to our podcast on buns podcast network itunes or any of your favorite podcast apps you can apps apps it's a mm. little cold in toronto today mm-hmm. um <laughs> you can follow us on facebook at cg magazine you can follow us on instagram at cgmagonline and you can follow us on Twitter at CGMagOnline. Guys, do y'all have your Twitters? What's your Twitters? B five twenty six. I'm at that Phil Brown. And I'm at Lisa Awesome with no E's. Um, and Quinn still does not have Twitter. He mm. does. He just isn't gonna give it out. He doesn't go on there. Okay. <laughs> really? You just you just called him out. I'm gonna let him know you did that, <laughs> or he's gonna listen and let you know. I can you tell you that. one person who's not gonna care. <laughs> 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 uh, 
Thanks, Phil. Mm-hmm. You can catch past episodes of Pixels Inc. on YouTube as well. So subscribe to our YouTube channel. Um, again, at CG Mega Online. Uh, thanks again to Buns Podcast Network and Comic Bento for sponsoring our podcast this week. For From everyone here at CG Magazine, have a great weekend.